Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Getting Hammered. I'm Mary Catherine Ham, and I'm here with Vic Mattis. And I'm just, you know, what, eight or nine days post-baby now. Mary Catherine, <laughs> have you reached that uh, point post-delivery where nobody's asking about you anymore? It's just, how's the baby? Oh, my gosh, yes. I that had was this, quick. I had this experience where I went shopping the other day and by myself, and I look basically normal, and I'm walking around, and I don't have a baby, and I realize, oh, I am no longer special. The baby is special. I am chopped liver. You are the the, the <laughs> fact that the fact that you look basically, as you say, normal is not going to get much sympathy. I think with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of women, but yeah, you know, it's it's the upside of my of my crappy pregnancies is that once they're over, they're definitely over. So the baby is fine. The baby's great. She remains easy. Last night, my husband took care of the baby from eight eight p.m. to two a.m. And I got my first block of real sleep. And that first six hour stretch after having a baby really hits different. And so now today I feel invincible. I've had all the sleep you could possibly have. I was going to say, and how how are you feeling? So you're feeling great then? Yes. I I have a little thing that is probably diagnosable as some sort of postpartum mania. I just, I just need to, I need to be doing everything. The key is for your husband to just make way. Yeah, and not he, question any of the quote insanity. <laughs> yes, and he's actually he might be a little too supportive of that because sometimes I'm, I'm like I'm going to do this crazy thing, and he's like, "Sure, yeah, go ahead." And then I think you find it for yourself. That's probably a little too much. I'm glad you have energy. I don't. I was <laughs> very tired over the weekend. My uh, wife Kate mentioned that she wanted to make a. a Guinness beef stew, an Irish Guinness beef stew, Ooh, right? Nice. Lovely. I said, oh, I'd love... That's you know, some fall food right It there. is fall food, and mm-hmm. it's actually now fall feeling. Yeah, it's cold out there. So, But I like to cook, so I just told her, I said, you know what? I'll, I'll, let, let me do it. Let me have a hand at it. I'll be done around 3 o'clock or whatever, so I can start looking at what you want to do. What I didn't realize is that she wanted to make the, the Guinness beef stew for our block party. So I oh. said, oh, so you want to feed like the So parade. you need a cauldron. Yes. A yeah. ca- is that what you, and, and I said, that's insane. I said, what am I going to be? It's like a soup kitchen. I'm going to be out there doling out this, you know, beef stew, you know, and it, in a pandemic environment as you are, as you know, where we live. So I said, I, it'd be easier if I just get like Popeye's fried chicken, which right. I ended up doing. But she said, well, okay, fine. But I have all the ingredients and I just basically doubled the portions. I said, okay, let me see what I have. She bought more than four pounds of chuck roast and it calls for things like you know five cups of onions so now i gotta cut, uh, cut like 10 cups of onions Oof. so i started around three thirty. i finished at 10 oh wow it would just took forever because it's like okay let it simmer for another hour then add this let it simmer all the caraway seeds let it simmer and it's on and on it tasted great the next day her father thought it was great, and I said to Dr. Dwyer, I, I hope I did your people right. proud, because it was a little <laughs> cultural appropriating for me to do yes, this. Yes, yes. Uh, Out of line. Two bottles. Heck. Two bottles of Guinness, by the way. Uh, well, that sounds great. Yeah, that was it. I would have been there, even in a pandemic, for that for that stew. My family, my extended family, does a, an event every year with Brunswick Stew. Oh, uh, that's old school. And it's out, on a, it's out on some land in Virginia where they have a little hunting lodge, for, like outdoorsy fall event. Ooh. I need to make it down for that. It's been a while. But my father, when he married into the family, this is my mother's side of the family, he asked for the recipe because he thought, oh, this Brunswick stew is great. But it's for feeding multitudes. And so they hand him the recipe, and it starts with 20 chickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
So we had to cut it down. Yes, you're gonna have to do a lot. A, cut you, it down. You have to do a lot of math. Yes. To make it. Have your kids aged out of Halloween? Or are they still into? One it? of them has. Oh. So my son doesn't do it anymore. Heartbroken. And my and my daughter, she just went with her friends. So after we got done with the block party and feeding everybody, we went back. I said, okay, well, somebody can stay at the house and hand out the candy, and I'll go. Oh, I guess I don't have to walk around with yep. them anymore. <laughs> that was it, really. And single tear. It's one of the. It's one of the. It's one of the sad things that you don't know until you're like, oh, maybe this is the last year. You don't yeah. know. And it, I'll tell you another weird thing that will happen with you, and you won't realize it. One day, you will leave a park and not realize it's the last time you go to the park with your kids. Oh my god! It is. <laughs> Alex is getting sad. <laughs> she didn't have kids yet. But no, it, it, it's one of the weirdest things. And then, in her mind, she's seeing the single swing. Yes, empty. <laughs> Swinging no, in the and breeze. Then, and then like a, a few months will go by, and then you'd be like, hey, we haven't been there in a while. And then you realize, oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. well. So enjoy every there moment. Is, <laughs> there is a, there's a Halloween dead spot between about 12 or 13, and then you get to 20 or 21. Then yes. you can go to adult there parties. There are parties, yeah. But I love Halloween. You and go all out. Then I also have this postpartum exuberance which led me to create six costumes for my family oh that's that's fine <laughs> yeah that's not crazy at all All the kids my husband who helped as well he's he's good with this stuff the husband and the dog the dog has to be involved and we we went a little bit obscure this year or niche i would say what it's did you a, do an anime show called one piece which is it's one of those things like an international yes. pop yes, star you did go obscure well, i have no idea what you're talking it's about. one of those things like an international pop star that you don't realize has this huge global audience and then once you realize, you're like, oh, a lot of people are into this. So we did that. The girls and Steve love this show. And so I couldn't put up much of a fight oh. for my choice. Well, that's all that matters. And I thought, you know what? The girls, I also made the girls a deal because they had to be Tombstone last year. Yes, which was great. And I don't know if we'll ever top that one. They had to be Tombstone last year. So I have told them I would never make them be dudes two years in a row. <laughs> So I allowed oh, right. them. I, <laughs> you know, it's very. I allowed because they're like mom, right? And they had to wear mustaches and stuff That's right. last no, year. I love that. It was very cute, but they really wanted to girl it up this year, so they got to be the girl characters How, on this show. When you do the costumes, if I can just a peek behind the curtain yes. uh, in your world, how much <laughs> of it is ordering things versus making things? It is. Uh, let's see. I would say a, maybe sixty percent made or fashioned from the house that's and good. supplies yeah, that's, that's and good. 40% ordered. Uh-huh. Maybe it might be down to 50-50. Amazon has changed the game yeah. on costumes. You can find almost anything. But I do thrift store and I do what's in the house. And I did make my youngest, not my youngest. Oh, she's the middle now. <laughs> I made my yes. five-year-old a little skirt on the morning of Halloween because I had an old pair of leggings that I was like, I think this is going to work better. So I cut them up and I made her a skirt. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but it's fun. And look, they're in a great spot because one child, the baby, has no opinions. The other two are willing to play along to a certain degree. And uh, and I get to have fun doing my thing for a few more years. And someday they're going to ditch me. Oh, and my husband is so smart about this. Last year with Tombstone, he got a lever-action rifle for himself because we needed it for accuracy. (laughs) This year... This year, his character had three, count them, three samurai swords. So now we have those. Like real? Like, nah, I like think they're like... Replicas? Yeah. They're, no, no, they're, I, mean, they're, I don't mean real samurai, but I mean, yeah. are they sharp blades? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We weren't that careful with them, so I'm thinking they <laughs> were not that sharp. <laughs> 
That's anyway, That's and then my kids got their candy, and lucky for them, I only like old lady candy, so they uh, they do, do pretty well. Old lady can like Brax. No, I'm the I'm like the mounds, all the boring candies. Oh, I, no, I I love that. Oh, nice. I'm, I love. I didn't know anybody like them. I like almond joy because it's two meals in one. Much like I like an olive in my martini because mm-hmm. it's like you're having the meal and the drink. Same <laughs> yes. thing with almond joy. It's, it's nutritious. Two, it's not. Yeah, I mean, like. Why, why just stop at coconut when you could add stuff to the coconut? Yes. Except for it's milk chocolate. It's not dark chocolate. And I like the dark. So I'm yes. mounds all and the way. I think the reason they do that is so you have to buy both. Yeah. Oh, I like mounds. I like Smarties. I like York peppermint patties. Um, yeah, I'll so pass ba- on the mint. So I, I just take anything that they don't want. I'm mm-hmm. like, you guys are so lucky. I'm not like a normal mom. The normal mom steal all your Reese's. Although I like a Reese's, but just not I'm too many. I'm kind of Reese's out. I, I, I'm anything with nuts, though. It's... it's <laughs> Sorry. The Reese's are... The Reese's are taking over. Yeah, the commercials. Yeah. Yes, it's every other commercial. <sighs> but we enjoyed it. We had a we had a good, good time in my in my postpartum insanity with our six costumes and. Well, it's a good way to channel trigger, it. It's, trigger good, it's a good way to channel. The it. thing that I got sh- cut off from this week by myself uh, was that I almost went to the Glenn Youngkin rally last night in Loudoun County, which would have been an hour drive with a newborn, and then out in the cold with a newborn, and then back home. <laughs> And around 7 o'clock, the rally didn't start until 8.30, which on yes. new mom time is definitely past bedtime. And I was gung-ho, and my husband was supportive. He was like, yeah, you do that. That baby's going to be awake anyway. <laughs> and then around 7 o'clock, I was like, I don't think I could do this. No, you would have been through multiple feedings and changings, I think, while waiting. Yes. Uh, because they said the, 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 the cars, it was like a mile long or something. Yes, and I, I anticipated some of that and was like, look, if this doesn't go perfectly, right. it's not going to go well and did he, for me. Did, did, did Youngkin show up on time or was he late? No, he ended up being late, yeah. which is how these things go on campaigns. This was yeah. his last, this is the mm-hmm. Republican challenger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, Democrat Terry McAuliffe in the Virginia governor's race, right. which we have been talking right. about. Uh, and so he was a little bit late and, and I would and not have. Not since, not since uh, Jim Morrison at the Hollywood Bowl had people <laughs> had to wait so long. So. But it was a large. It was a large rally. My friend Guy Benson was out there, ah. and it rallies. Was real? Did he say it was like it was? Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing: rallies and and yard signs and whoever's at your polling station do do not data make, no. <laughs> right? However, that's right. I'm going to make something of it, which is that it was it was like a presidential style rally. I mean, yeah. The, si- the, the size of it, palpable. the right. size of it is along the lines of something like that, as opposed to a governor's race in an off year. So that's interesting. That's right. And versus, you know, the arg- that's the argument that the other side will make is that, well, we saw this in 2020 right. and everyone came out for the Trump rallies and, and nobody came out for the Biden rallies and the boats and everything else. And it's just that they don't do it. But I think maybe the difference is that McAuliffe might have been open to doing big rallies, and they just weren't getting the numbers. Maybe I don't right. know. I assume people are uh, listening to this, uh, and now they know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I like I said, you know, we have to we have to actually pretend that we know too. So yeah. again, it, it came down to turnout, didn't it? It came down yeah, to turnout. That's right. That's the most that's important right. thing. And and, and uh, you only have to be ahead on one day in the polls, <laughs> Vic. That's right. That's right. That's the only day that matters. Um, so. Yeah, so the, this this story is now over when you're listening to this, and we will update you with more, because we'll have more information by the time we do mm-hmm. our next show this week. But an interesting closing weekend for the two candidates with Youngkin's... Particularly one of them. Right. So so Youngkin's closing argument was sort of parents matter, we're having the parents matter rally. McAuliffe's closing argument, a little all over the place. It wasn't... It was 
Trump is bad and Youngkin is Trump and also Trump doesn't matter as much as I said before because I'm not sure that's catching on. <laughs> and then he brought Randy Weingarten out on the trail with him. That's now, a, real, a real closer for you. So Randy Weingarten is head of the teachers union that fought to keep closed schools closed for a long time uh, during this pandemic, which has made a lot of Virginian parents very mad, which is sort of the animating factor of the end of this campaign. Whichever way it goes, the swing in the last two weeks was parents ticked off moving in the direction of Youngkin, who has, mm-hmm. at the very end, taken over in the polling average. And Randy Weingarten was on the trail with Terry McAuliffe, which means they're just all in on base turnout. we got to get that's right. union Fire. voters out, and that's mm-hmm. our plan. And keep in mind, Richmond schools are closed the whole week, right? Because you have the election yeah. dates off, and then Thursday's the wall. Yeah, that, that late announced closing. Yes. So, you know, it's like, what are they doing now? So, I'm, I mean, maybe that helps bring out uh, their base. But well, we shall would, see. It, it, and it, and yeah. the thing is, too, is it matters to me because I'm in Virginia. It matters to you because you're in Virginia. The outcome of this race will shape how politicians talk for the next year or so as they're going into 2022. So that's why people pay a lot of attention to this Virginia governor's race. The New Jersey governor's race, not as close, so less important. Although if something weird happened there, that would be... Oh, we can get to New Jersey. Um, I have thoughts on that. Oh, you do? Yes, but... Give us some... We will get... In a a second, I would say the other thing I thought was ridiculous. I mean, McAuliffe clearly went hard negative, right? I mean, all he does is going after... Again, like you were saying, he was going after comparing Youngkin to Trump and then weirdly... Somebody must have told him not to say that. So then he said, this election is not about Trump. It's not about Trump. And then in the end, he sends out this news that, you know, Trump is campaigning with Youngkin in Virginia when, in fact, as Politico said, just flat out, this is a lie. And it's he was at a tele-rally. Yes, he did. And Youngkin was not there. So he zoomed in, as as they say these days. So Trump's voice and video presence was there, but he was not in Virginia with Glenn. Yunkin. And of course, there was the tiki torches. Yes, there was a there were shenanigans. There were shenanigans, Vic. There's always shenanigans. But this one, I feel like really topped up uh, at a Yunkin event over the weekend. A group of sort of button down shirt khaki wearing dudes showed up to stand outside the Yunkin rally yes. in front of his bus with tiki torches, mm-hmm. which is a, a reference to the Charlottesville. Uh, Charlottesville event. And, of course, the tragic end of that was the, uh, the death of one woman. And it, it originally the Terry McAuliffe campaign was like, this is terrible. Look, this is who Glenn Youngkin is. Which Disqualifying, is, I think, is what the communication yes, uh, director said. Yes, which is a pretty awful thing to insinuate about mm-hmm. all of the people who might vote for Glenn Youngkin, at which point people started doing some internet sleuthing and figured out that these were not Yunkin voters. It, the sleuthing took, what, uh, a couple hours? Yes. They were, they were possibly Democratic Party yeah. operatives. Virginia Democrats. Um, they for the Virginia IDs Democrats. are not super positive and confirmed, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. mention any of them. But mm-hmm. it was suspected that this was not mm-hmm. organic. And, uh, and then the Lincoln Project took responsibility for it, which is a group very... X. Republicans. Very ex-Republicans. Quote, Republicans, yes. but they, they're obviously campaigning only for Democrats. It was not a good look for your closing weekend. No. Uh, so I have a lot of questions about this. The Lincoln Project comes out at the end saying, this is our, we did this as a statement, right? right? They went hard. But they waited, obviously, for many hours and misinformation to get sent out first by people saying, oh, look at these uh, Yunkin supporters here. And so it's not like they were immediately saying, you know, these are our people. There was a lot of, there was a silence. And then at the end, as people, as their 
they were being identified as being connected to Virginia Democrats, then suddenly they stepped in. Yeah. But if, in fact, they are working for VA Democrats, what is the connection with the yes. Lincoln Project? Did the Lincoln Pro- I would like to know. Did the Lincoln Project decide to bail them out? Did McAuliffe's people say, hey, we're in a crisis here, come and help us. I mean, is it really a Lincoln Project? And who in the Lincoln Project thought this would be a good idea? In the pouring rain to come out with tiki <sighs> torches. And one of the volunteer, one of the, so you know, um, uh, Yunkin, quote, Yunkin supporters yes. is, is a woman. And then the other one is African-American. Yes, the white supremacist uh, African-American yes. man. Yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad idea. It was a bad showing for everybody. And uh, we'll find out whether it's rewarded or punished. I'm a little scared. I know. You know that you know something we don't know, listeners. Okay. <laughs> we also have an update on legislation. I was trying to make oh, it yeah. sound exciting, and then I was like, "That's not exciting." Like, There's no way to infrastructure and build back better. None of this is exciting. Well, in your voice, it's exciting. <laughs> legislation. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting to the people covering the legislation, I and I think a few of the. Maybe. House members and senators, right? Maybe, yes. I think largely the general public is like, what are we doing? How many trillions? The basics are there are two bills. One is an infrastructure bill that already passed the Senate and needs to pass the House. And it is the smaller of the two, clocking in at about $1.75 trillion in infrastructure, quote unquote, investment. I'm sure I could find things in there that I don't think are investment. It's a compromise from $6 trillion. That is a serious Yes. Reduction. I mean, how much more do they have to compromise? I don't know. And the other one is was originally labeled at three point five trillion. That's the Build Back Better, very ambitious, very expensive overhaul of everything. And progressives in the Democratic Party have said we must pass these together. We will not do them apart. We will not do infrastructure first until we know the second one is passing. Moderates have said. Absolutely not. I'm not sure we can commit to this big one. You guys have to pass infrastructure and then we'll discuss it because we don't have the framework. We don't have the cost. This is not working for us. Well, they've been doing that dance for a month now. Yeah. And they haven't really moved anywhere. Well, they keep on saying that the vote was going to happen. The vote's going to happen. And then when they pushed it back, then they said by Halloween, of course. And then, of course, that didn't happen. And here we are. Yeah. Here we are post Halloween with everybody sort of. Now, I think they'll eventually pass something. But yeah. it seems it looks to me like maybe only infrastructure at this point. And uh, Joe Manchin's not moving on this. And Joe, Joe Manchin has said he comes out dropping bombs. <laughs> I've worked in good faith for three months, for the past three months, with President Biden, Leader Schumer, Speaker Pelosi, and my colleagues on the reconciliation bill. And I will continue to do so. For the sake of the country, I urge the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Holding this bill hostage is not going to work in getting my support for reconciliation bill. Throughout the last three months, I've been straightforward about my concerns that I will not support a reconciliation package that expands social programs and irresponsibly adds to our $29 trillion in national debt that no one seems to really care about or even talk about. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, he and uh, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona are the main opposition in the Democratic Party, but for different reasons Mm -hmm. and sometimes competing reasons. So wooing both of them is very tough. He comes out and says, I'm open to supporting a final bill that helps move our country forward, but I'm equally open to voting against a bill that hurts our country. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. This is not this is not the decisive one over tone that the White House was hoping for. Well, what's interesting is that he decided to do this in a press conference 
versus just making issuing a statement or right. you know something you know on the side so that makes me think he wants to be on record as mm-hmm. saying he's against what could be a disaster what could be a disaster coming up in the elections or in terms of the mood of the country in terms of how people feel about how much money's being spent and he wants to be out there and he wants the people of West Virginia to know this is where he stands. And again, everybody gets so worked up over Manchin and how can he stop this right. from happening and he has control of the country. It's in his hands and Kirsten Cinema. But he, he, let's just take Manchin, he's representing the people of West, West Virginia, Virginia, not the Upper West Side. Yes. So, I mean, this, it, this is what different, he's going to do. Different that. demo. Slightly. Different demo. Slightly. Uh, he also says, and I think, in my humble opinion, quite reasonably, that he wants an actual score of this bill. Oh, sure. And a score of the bill is when it goes to the CBO. It goes to CBO, which is Congressional Budget Office. And they look through the bill and figure out, okay, how much will this actually cost? What are the mechanisms they're using to pay That's for right. it? That is not all down on paper. Mm-hmm. Now, there's plenty of reasons to be skeptical even after it goes through yeah. the yeah, People the CBO. complain post-CBO if it doesn't work out for them. But he wants an accounting of that. And to me, that is eminently reasonable and i know that other people just want to go no 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 the framework is fine let's just pass it because good stuff is in it and that is not i don't think that the american people are clamoring for that yeah uh if they were you could maybe get away with that a little easier no there this is a real critical moment i think for the democrats uh and obviously recording on a day like today a lot is going on and uh, we talk about you know uh, these bills that are being you know held hostage uh by both sides. I believe yeah. it's the other side that's no, holding them hostage. They each, they each have one hostage. Yes, I think that's right. <laughs> uh, and then you have uh, the elections in Virginia, and then you have this other one in New Jersey. And I, I do want to say this about New Jersey, which is I'm going to go out on a limb and say that um, Phil Murphy still wins. I know. Sorry. I didn't, I, I, look, I'll tell you this. If I'm I, wrong. You know what? I'm going the other way. Okay. It's, it's a Republican sweep. sweep. Well, look, Christie did this uh, when he ran against John Corzine, and nobody picked Chris, right? He was down in the polls and he surprised everybody because while people felt strongly about wanting to support a Democrat in general, they actually didn't go out to vote. And I don't know how many people in New Jersey actually know who the governor is. Right. It's that it's Phil Murphy. Well, he's unindicted, which is so strange. That's true. That's true. That's true. It really makes him a unicorn. So I think they do have they spent a lot of time trying to just whip up that vote and get him out to make sure they go. But New Jersey, I mean, it's so weird. I mean, the overall trend has been Democratic, obviously, certainly in presidential elections. Right. But also in things like the Senate. By the way, for listeners, if you don't know, I'm from New Jersey. He's a New Jersey boy. I am. And they, New Jerseyans haven't re- elected a Republican to the Senate since 1972, <laughs> since Clifford Case. Wow. And so it's been a long time. And everyone's like, oh, this will be a big deal if Phil Murphy wins. It'll be the first Democrat since Brennan Byrne. You know, which is back in like in '79 or whenever it was. Yes and no. I mean, it, it it would it would mark a change that you can say, oh, this is the first time. It's quite a milestone in and of itself. But at the same time, it's the first time one has been reelected as is a that Democrat. Yeah, as okay. a Democrat. But at, at the same, mostly time, because the rest of them were indicted in between. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, it's it's there's a lot of other things going on. Making here. it through without being in jail. Yeah, much and, like in Illinois, is very tough. And even then, even then, it's no guarantee that the Republicans would win. Right. Remember uh, Bob Torricelli when he was running for Senate, yeah. and he had a huge investigation happen. They raided his home and they took all this evidence, and he was already on the ballot. He's ready to go, and the Democrats in New Jersey found a way at the last minute to pull a switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> and they took him off the ballot, which he hated because they said they could legally do that. And they stuck Frank Lautenberg, his arch nemesis, in. And then Frank Lautenberg won yeah. as Democrat. There you go. So 
I'm not holding out any hope for New Jersey. But I'll tell you what, if I'm wrong, I, if I'm wrong, uh-huh. I will buy you a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Nice. Here we go. Okay, that's it. The, uh, what a bonanza over here. <laughs> I'll pick it up at the Boston on the way to work. I'm just making the weird prediction because why not? Why no, not? Yeah, because people, what do you think people don't remember? Yeah. People don't remember. I'll just, you'll remember me because I made the weird prediction. People will forget when we're, when we're wrong. Well, the background of all of these races is, of course, because so many things are sort of nationalized these days, is uh, some not great numbers for the national agenda set by the Biden White House and for Biden himself. I'll let you guys hear a little bit from Chuck Todd on NBC about this. Americans have lost their confidence in President Biden and their optimism for the country. At least they have right now. Just 22% of adults say we're headed in the right direction. A shocking 71% say we're on the wrong track. And that includes a near majority of Democrats who are saying that. President Biden's approval rating stands at a dismal 42% versus 54% who disapprove. Believe it or not, just two months ago, Mr. Biden was in positive territory. 49% approving, 48% disapproving. So that's, uh, I would say, scary numbers for any party Uh, to be in that position. The good news is Democrats still lead on climate change. Mm Mm-hmm. On that metric alone. That NBC poll, scary stuff for Democrats. There was a lot of red, and there was also double digits in terms of how people feel about who they think can do a better job. Yes. Which doesn't necessarily mean that they actually are doing a better job, per se, versus just how badly the other side right. is Right. It's, it's more of a desire for, ugh, this doesn't feel like it's working out, which, right. you know, oh, that's, that's 71. This is just one poll, but that 71% number is... 71% wrong track for the yeah. country is a humdinger. Ooh. I think that what's upsetting also is that it's an NBC poll, right? So it's not Trafalgar. It's yeah. not Fox, even though Fox has weird polls. And, and, and it gets a lot of people angry that the media are aiding and abetting this, this hysteria over inflation and the supply chain and Afghanistan when, in fact, things are great. <laughs> You should be able to do, you know, and, and a lot of people say, oh, I'm, I'm only going to get one. No gifts for my kids this year. That's it's a, fine. It's a know? messaging problem. Yeah. It's that's not, right. it's not no. a messaging problem. That's your narrator whispering. <laughs> it's not a messaging problem. Yeah. I mean, it, it isn't not, for, it, it isn't good. for any party in this position. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of things can change. Right. I yeah. mean, between now and 2024, <laughs> they can get a lot worse. But no, I mean, like uh, uh, if you look at Reagan. We are a yeah. ray of sunshine today. We are. We are. We are. Uh, if you look at Reagan, 82, his numbers were not good. Right. Yeah. The recession and everything. But then two years later, he, he crushes it. So you don't know what it's going to be like in 20. And I'm, nobody knows. But uh, I think in 2022, it's going to be bad because I don't think whatever is happening now, I don't think gas prices or whatever is going to be able to be turned around yeah. in that amount of time. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a short timeline. Uh, there's also an NPR PBS poll released that found that 40, 44% of Democrats want someone other than Biden to run in 2024. Only 36% want him to be the nominee, while 20% are not sure. That is a, that's a swift, that's, that's yeah. not the honeymoon period. I'd like to check, I'd like to check let's say, the 2009-2010 numbers for Obama. Yeah. And how did Democrats feel about that? Because I'm pretty sure it was not that. So it's pretty serious. But this also gives Joe Biden a way out if he really only thought he was going to do four years. 
you know, yep. uh, unlike, unlike Chuck Rashley in the Senate, who's going another six. But uh, but Biden's like, oh, maybe this is my well, you know, I was only going to do one anyway. I right. don't know if you knew this, but, you know, well, there's no a, reflection on the ratings or my performance. I'm just I was only going to do. One. I think there's a Christopher Buckley book about this, about a fictional president who goes into office with the intention of only doing one term. That would be me. I would just I'd be roll up wreck stuff. Oh, and, and yeah, but do whatever I want to do. And then peace out. You would, you would, you would have to hold out though until, I don't know, the last year before yeah. you break the news. Otherwise, no one's going to pass anything. <laughs> no one's right? going to listen. No, to me. no one's going to listen. Yeah, I'm also not going to be popular. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get rid of a couple departments. Ugh. That's you would. What, that's what's going to happen you would. to me. <laughs> I just want to. You know what? I would spend a lot of time traveling abroad. Oh, you know what? That's, style. that's the better move. Would, what what yeah. am I trying to be I mean, responsible over, over here the for? Place. I would go all over the place. Nobody wants me uh, to be responsible in this office. And lots of parades, lots of military <laughs> parades. That's I'm making cuts. He's having wine in Italy. That's right. That's the smarter it move. It would be amazing. The smarter move. There is a new, there's a new civility controversy. Mm. Vic, you tell me how you feel about this one. Yeah. Are you familiar with the term... Or with the phrase, let's go, Brandon. Yes, it was about the NASCAR driver, and everybody was so supportive of him. Yes. That one? Yes, I do. So this is, we'll do a brief. Yes, uh, give us a little. Let's, let's do the background yeah. on let's go, Brandon. This started what, a couple weeks ago, or like the beginning of football season. There were chants of an obscenity about mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Start with an F, mm-hmm. and then Joe Biden. In college football stadiums across the country. Not a huge fan of this, nor was I a huge fan of the same obscenity used for Trump, which happened a lot. But I also did not take to my fainting couch. It's not the end of the world. And the beautiful thing about America is that you have the right to make crass jokes about the president. And that is fine. If you go to any sporting event, people are yelling out profanities en masse all the time. If people don't agree with referees or whoever, you will. When I go to college basketball games, a lot of times and awful things. I won't even repeat here. Anyway, so at a NASCAR event, an NBC reporter was interviewing the winner of a race. And in the background is this obscene chant. And she hears the obscene chant. And I have some sympathy for her because you're on live TV and you're what do you say? You're not supposed to have that on live TV. And it's awkward. And so she she says, I think they're saying, let's go, Brandon, which is the name of the driver. They were not saying let's go Brandon (laughs) but now that has become the euphemism for the former more obscene phrase and I'm actually kind of okay with that because now we've sanitized it a little bit it's an in joke and except now it's gone too far (laughs) and the too far is that allegedly allegedly on a southwest flight that's right allegedly a pilot was heard by an AP reporter uttering the words over the PA Let's go, Brandon. This is actually still in question. He's under investigation. That's right. Uh, and there's some discussion over whether the phrase may have been something else, such as "Let's go, Braves," <laughs> which I, which I, which I'm looking forward to being the next iteration mm-hmm. of the joke. <laughs> it'll just, That's it'll right. just keep changing. And then you it. can't say that either. <laughs> it's an obscenity. But anyway, people, a lot of people, and this is on on Twitter, which is a different world than the real world lost yeah. their minds about a pilot saying that saying that he was willing to endanger passengers. That's right. Look, do I think, I think there's probably like a reprimand in order for someone who does sure. this over the end. Cause sure. they're not supposed to talk about 
politics, no, obviously. No. Again, we don't know if he actually did it. This right. is still a question. Let's assume. But if he did it, there's like a reprimand in order or something. Or if I were on a plane and someone did something like this, I would sort of roll my eyes. Mm-hmm. It would not occur to me to be super angry about it. Yes. The, the problem is, you know, they had no problem with this, you know, in other settings with Trump. Yes. Right? Everyone's yes. now replaying Robert De Niro at the Tony Awards and uh, saying F Trump and everybody else in different things. So the way they separate themselves from this argument is saying, but no, but this guy's a pilot. Right. So, I mean, there are people's lives in his hands. He might not be of the uh, of sound mind. It's rhetorical terrorism is what it is. And then it gets to the point of Joe Lockhart now. Who is now saying you saw what he said on Twitter? Joe Lockhart, uh, President, former Clinton's press secretary, press secretary, who said that it is no different than the coded messages of the Nazis and ISIS and the Klan. That's crazy. So now you cannot say, "Let's go, Brandon," oh, because they've man. never again. That's be, just it's be, just nuts. So that's nuts. So that's is. a clinical term, mm-hmm. and that's nuts. So and you shouldn't let things bother you that much. And cl- by the way. Things annoy me all the time when people like speak about politics that are oh. against mine in whatever setting. You're trying to enjoy a show, you're trying to right. enjoy a movie, and then they stick it in there. We're used to it. And they I, are not used to that's it. That's the thing. I'm so mm-hmm. I'm so mm-hmm. inured to this at yes. this point that that I watch and I oh, there's like a like a half a second of eye roll and then I move on with my life. And that is how we should treat it. It is an indicator, also, agree or disagree on whether or not you should have said it. It is an indicator of the mood of this country <laughs> that people are willing to just say that on an intercom on a plane if he in fact had said it and it makes me wonder if, you know how much lower can he go in terms of his approval and I, so. I realize by the way that it's ironic that I'm both talking about this story and talking about how this story is silly so just indulge me for a second but one of the Google results when I looked the story up about the pilot was a San Francisco newspaper or news outlet, I, can't, I think it was the newspaper. Bay Area residents react to Let's Go Brandon from Southwest Pilot. And I'm like, I just don't think that it warrants that. I'm dying to know. What do they think? The <laughs> Bay think Area? We, what could they possibly think about We have this? a problem in our society of gauging what the proper level mm-hmm. of punishment, mm-hmm. if any, should happen for these things. It's just like uh, an utterance does not need to end in firing or huge national embarrassment mm-hmm. it can just be a thing the that woman, we note and don't love the woman who gave uh the was she a cyclist who gave trump uh the finger in his yes. motorcade and she got fired yes right and, th- and then was a hero yeah, she, <laughs> i a, don't no one's gonna take this pilot she around a, if she he was gets a folk fired. hero after that yeah. and like look this is it's a sliding scale right because private entities can fire whom they want yeah yeah if they, uh, there's if a code they, if they have if, a code if they feel like conduct the com this conduct was unprofessional mm-hmm. and reflected badly on them mm-hmm. same with southwest mm-hmm. however i just think i don't know medium medium crassness a little bit annoying in both cases uh and one turns out to be a folk hero and the other one we're hunting down to make sure hunting that, down to, somebody joked that i you know if the pilot gets fired that's one thing but i don't i don't know if his family has answered for this offense uh so i'm not sure it really is up to snuff that's right that's right. We'll see what happens. But you know, I might have knocked the Chappelle news cycle off. Like we're done. I mean, we're done with Chappelle. Yeah. We've moved on to Southwest Pilot. Good for Dave, he needs a break. <laughs> I don't know. I think he'd keep talking. That's what I enjoy about him. All right, wrapping up, we have uh, a couple weird things for you. 
We have number one. I didn't know that this was a thing that happened, and then I saw a picture, and I was amazed. Kanye apparently has a Sunday service Yay. sometimes. Yay. I, I didn't know. Ye. Oh, that's right. Ye. He's you now. Ye. Kanye has a, a Sunday service, and this week he was joined at a Sunday service concert by Justin Bieber and Marilyn Manson. And I just... This is a moment. That's a moment. Apparently, uh, I did not realize this. Marilyn Manson is uh, under fire for uh, allegations of sexual assault that are pretty serious from several women. And didn't he? Didn't he used to date? Uh, was it Rose McGowan or was it? Uh, yes. And uh, oh, <laughs> I think Alex is just writing something. <laughs> Alex, Alex that is, is doing so shocking. Alex is doing uh, doing my late research over there, and she holds up a. <laughs> A pad that just says cannibalism. Woo! I did not realize it was there. Okay. I didn't realize it All was right, there. Right. Uh, but Kanye has uh, embraced in the last month or so the baby, for instance, for um, f- during his cancellation. Mm-hmm. But his was just for words. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Marilyn our- Manson's uh, accusations are different. This is what an ex uh, a girlfriend or a woman who dated Army Hammer, the actor, accused him of. Yes. As well. Yes. As Why is this? Is this a trend? One more, and it's a trend story, y'all. <laughs> That's how the media works. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's it, it, there's a difference between you know like a, just a, a gentle bite and and and, and dra- <laughs> drawing blood. I think you know, is, I'm not I'm not saying for myself. I'm, I'm just, just saying you know th- a little love I, bite. Not maybe. that I have maybe, maybe a little. Not that I have experience in these sort of things. I don't dabble in this, but well, you know it's a it's a. But you're draw if you're drawing blood, you got issues. Okay, I'm just saying you got issues. You you need help if you're drawing blood. I think that's also that might, you know what. Mm-hmm. You should be in the court arguing this. I should, I'll be his lawyer. I'll be his lawyer. What, remember Marv Albert? I oh, think I'm sure going off rails here. It wasn't enough that Marv Albert at the Pentagon, Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. came out and, and, and when he assaulted the woman. It wasn't enough that he was wearing a teddy. Oh, it, but he was wearing a teddy and then he bit her. What's her <sighs> accusation? Okay, sorry. There's so many colorful stories in this town. And Vic knows all of them. <laughs> well, the good news is that uh, whoever shows up at, at Kanye's services cleansed cleansed <laughs> i think that's the Thank god that's how that works uh and then last we're gonna this one's this one's more more positive i found somewhere in the news oh. the original mcdonald's menu this is a feel-good story it's a great way to end end our show but also start their day <laughs> do you want to run through some of the items we have on the original mcdonald's uh, menu mm-hmm. a pure beef hamburger 15 cents oh. The, seg- the segment, by the way, is going to consist of Mary Catherine reading from the menu and me making, like, noises, <laughs> moaning noises. Wait. Oh, I like the tempting cheeseburger. I like the, uh, oh, the adjectives. Tempting cheeseburger. Tempting. 19 cents. I don't understand why people, if you have an option of going for a hamburger or cheeseburger, why not get the cheeseburger? There are some d- people who I don't. I don't get that either. Who wants that naked burger? Alex. Jewish people? Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. The dairy thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, she's right. She's right. That was a real cultural oversight it's for very us. Very sad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Triple, <laughs> triple thick shakes are 20 cents. Yeah, French fries, sucks. 10 cents. Ooh, 10 cent French fries. I would be a different if woman. If I can go back in time, I would be like Wimpy from the old Popeye cartoon where he has like a, a giant tray and it's stacked with burgers. That's what it would be. Like. I also, I just, I do love the the adjectives. I wish they were still on the menu. Steaming hot coffee, ten cents. Full flavor orange drink, not half flavor. Full flavor, ten cents. And refreshing cold milk, twelve cents. 
When was the last time somebody had refreshing cold milk with a with a McDonald's? That's what I want to know. My kids, I'm for, I force oh, them right. to well, have it. Well, if they're a Happy Meal, right? <laughs> if they're a Happy Meal, I guess you they're would like have They're like, apple juice. I'm like, no. Yeah. No, I, I would. St- I assume apple juice because you're mixing yeah. it with that. That's an well, interesting and then, mix. And then the they always the come The pairing. Up, I question always, the pairing. <laughs> it's fair. They always come over the intercom and they're like, white or chocolate? And I'm like, white milk because I'm evil. Again, there's Look, no they're question. they're getting a Happy Meal. Chocolate okay? milk or the orange drink. That's the way I used to roll. Uh, I think it's great. I love Mc, I love McDonald's and McDonald's history. As I, I fully, I, I've read a lot and written about a, about McDonald's over the years. And what what's interesting is there's actually this. It's a very limited menu compared to what we have now. Right. And part of that is there's this tension between corporate and the franchisees because of the manual. And Ray Kroc, who was the founder of McDonald's, who bought it from the McDonald brothers. Right. right? He was a real stickler. Don't break from the manual but inevitably when you have a, a very large so chain many, right some of these guys are going to start getting creative on their own to localize it to their uh, neighborhood mcdonald's and sometimes they would get the smackdown but other times grudgingly mm-hmm. they'd be like hey that's not bad like right. jim delegati in pittsburgh came up with a big mac that stuck uh there was a manager in cincinnati who wanted an alternative for Lent, for Lent, for Friday, and came up oh, with the fish fillet. The fish fillet, and then another guy who had come up with the um, the egg McMuffin as sort of a a fast food version of eggs Benedict. Oh, but because without the Benedict, without the hollandaise, because fast food hollandaise would be very dangerous. That sounds scary yes, to me. It's bacteria. Uh, who's the villain who came up with the McRib? I know that's a bad opinion. Well, that's an Every, interesting one. Everybody loves the McRib except for me. I eat it. It's it's the best pork product out there. I like that your your endorsement is I eat it. I you know what if I you know again I eat it and 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 I do it's a pork product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're comfortable with that. Yeah. It's, okay, it's not my fave. Look, <laughs> why is it shaped like ribs when there's no ribs in it? Well, I mean you could convey you know, it's boneless. You know what they did, Alex? They removed the bones no, they from this they fresh did. piece of meat. No, they it's it and and then a totally delicious sauce, organic, some onions, stri- this is bread. farm to table. I know our, our friend Sunny Bunch is very virulently, virulently anti McRib. Yeah, I'm I'm anti as well. I can't deal with the sauce. It's I can't deal with the shape. It's a party, and you just just enjoy it. I will tell you, I once had a uh, chicken nuggets in Britain. Oh yeah, in London. Uh-huh. I know, but whatever. It's it's not like London cuisine is always. Oh. Top notch, but especially late night. But I was late night. It was comparable. It was it was late night. I'd had some drinks. We go get the nuggets. The nuggets were not good. The nuggets were not tasty. Uh, and I don't know if that's a British thing mm-hmm. or if I, we just got an off batch. But it was very disappointing on a drunk London night. I would say the McDonald's I've been to in Germany and Austria have been excellent, and the service is very good. Everything runs on time. It. <laughs> On that note, that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. I'm sorry they're different. I know that's obnoxious. It's not best practices, but you can go there and see my Halloween costumes. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. <laughs>